Rudy. Yes, sir. This weekend, the 49ers got embarrassed by a football franchise that doesn't even have an official name. I can't even think of a business in San Francisco that could even garner a margin of success without an official name. Can you? I can't, but I can I can probably sit here and think about the many various versions of this name. How silly it would sound if this is what we did in real life. So let's say we had the the San Francisco professional upholders of the law. The San Francisco professional pickers up of sanitation. The San Francisco the San Francisco professional mayor. The San Francisco professional fighters of fire. I think this is this is if we were to follow this concept of San Francisco, this is what the city would sound yeah, like. Yeah, uh, like the the San Francisco professional couriers of mail, couriers the, of mail, the San Francisco professional third party chauffeurs, the San Francisco professional uh, third party app creators. Ah, yes, or or the San Francisco. Professional creators of breakfast-only foods. <laughs> That's excellent. Now, Raymond, we are uh, the San Francisco Professional Football Podcast, and why don't you let the people know where can they find us? You can always follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast, and be sure to subscribe to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Anywhere the podcasts are syndicated under the moniker The Goldcast. If you're YouTube, make sure to hit the little notification bell so you get notified of when our episodes go live. And be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to feed the algorithm of YouTube. Thank you, folks. That's right. And that's our main two hubs right now, folks, is where Raymond started and where he ended in that promotion. Our main two hubs our Instagram at the Goldcast and YouTube at youtube.com slash the Goldcast. Super easy to find. You think this video is dope the way it's set up on your earballs? You need to see us live, baby. You get to see the highlights of the week. You get to see all the logos for all of our podcast rivals that we love to talk about on preview night. You get to see our beautiful, shining faces with guest stars like Louis B., our L.A. rival fan, our boy Johnny Dell, and, of course, our third co-host, the incomparable, the unstoppable Candlestick Will. You get to see it all. Go to us. And then if you join our Instagram, you can actually see highlights and clips from each episode that we drop. As obviously we're nearing, we're reaching towards the end of the 49ers season. So we have lots of good stuff coming up. The gold dives going into classic games from our favorite beloved teams. We've, we're going to go back to our top 11 podcast is going to be returning. A ton of stuff you are going to want to see the video version of. All right, Raymond, here we go. Uh, once again, another tough, tough loss. I predicted last week that the Niners would not win this game. I predicted 24-21. I wasn't that far off, at least from the winning score. We didn't even we didn't even get 21 points. We're gonna talk about it, but first, of course, the greatest intro in the game. Your professor of fanalism. I'm in the building. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's in the building too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? Are you ready? 
This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom! Man, Raymond, I wish the episode we were about to report on was as, as exciting as that intro. <laughs> Man, Raymond, I predicted a score of 24-21. I believe that's what I did in favor of the Washington professional football team. And unfortunately, I was more right. The San Francisco professional football team lost, the final score being 23-15. Alex Smith, a decent showing. We took him out, was led by Dwayne Haskins. Nick Mullins did Nick Mullins things. He was 25 for 45, 260 <laughs> yeah. yeah, by that, we don't mean good things. Yeah, we don't mean good things. I know, you know what? Here's the thing. We love Nick Mullins. I love the drive. I love the fight. I'm not really sure what the difference is. I know that his offensive line is not giving him any help. Four sacks. Four sacks. Uh, any team that's averaging four sacks in a game is going to be in a tough situation, Raymond. This was another brutal game. Debo Samuel... Again goes down. We once again we're kind of relying solely on Brandon Ayuk. If you have him in fantasy like I do, what a monster he has been. But boy, this team. Uh, I said this last week, uh, and I was actually you know it's funny. I was listening to uh, Greg Papa this week. He was talking on his show. I was listening to his podcast. Uh, I'm not going to promote it here. We don't po- promote anyone else's podcast, <laughs> even Greg Papa's. Uh, so I was listening to Greg Papa. And Greg Papa was saying that the Niners were actually so sore on Wednesday that the walkthrough was pretty rough because they were physically so beat up from the previous week. But listen, you know what, man? Everyone's sore right now. It's the end of the season. Everyone's bodies are breaking down. Um, not to saying that's excuse. I'm just saying that I had a feeling that the Niners were going to continue this, what I feel is the beginning of an unraveling, a season that I think maybe – they're starting to lose faith in themselves as a team and uh, faith in their quarterback. And I just think this is a team that is is kind of heading to the end very quickly. And uh, it's a real bummer. And I, that's what I was afraid of. And so far, two weeks in a row, I was proven right. I want to pass off the mic to you, Raymond. Where do you stand with this current squad after this game that we just – just man, we just didn't do anything right in this game. Well, the 49ers, I mean, my prediction was wrong. I, I, <laughs> Samsonite, I was way off. Um, <laughs> what's that I, from I, again? That's from Dumb and Dumber. Yes, the, the, the brand name of the suitcase is Samsonite, and he thinks it's the name of the woman who he thought left it at the airport, the Mary Swanson or whatever. He's like, Oh, Samsonite. I was way off. That's her name. Um, but uh, but the uh, the Niners, unfortunately, are they're, they're, the way that they're losing these games is not even remotely as amusing as the film Dumb and Dumber. Uh, Nick Mullins just, you know, you talk about quarterbacks and their ability to handle pressure. You know, uh, in today's league, the pocket passer is the odd quarterback style out because 
traditional pass rushes like the gold rush of 2019 and any other formidable pass rush that we face, just like the one we faced this past weekend in Washington, who had double the amount of sacks that we did, including 12 quarterback hits, that's not good for your traditional sit-in-the-pocket, drop-back quarterback like a Jimmy Garoppolo, like a Nick Mullins. C.J. Beathard is actually the most mobile out of all three of these guys. But unless you are a Kyler Murray who can get out of the pocket in a flash, a Josh Allen who loves to roll out and is even more dangerous throwing outside the pocket, Russell Wilson, another one who's been doing it for years before it even became in vogue, Uh, Lamar Jackson who climbed his team back to victory tonight. Um, these are all starters. Patrick Mahomes, another one, who likes to sit in the pocket but can, but is selectively and wisely mobile when he needs to be to get out of trouble, to extend plays, to, to fake a run, to uh, pull the defense into him before jamming the ball downfield with his rocket arm. I mean, these are all top-tier quarterbacks. Uh, even Taysom Hill, who's starting in the stead of Drew Brees right now. He's very mobile uh, and can get himself out of jams with his legs. So uh, this is the new league. You know, if, if you're not that kind of quarterback, it's going to be tough sledging unless you can get the ball. Unless you're Ben Roethlisberger, who leads the NFL in, you know, from snap to pass. He has the fastest uh, ball release in the league right now. I don't mean like release, like a, like the, the actual motion of releasing, but I mean releasing from snapping the ball, getting the ball in his hands from the center to throwing it to his receiver, to whoever his read might be. I believe it's 2.2 seconds, 2.22 seconds, something like that. It's the fastest in the league. That is the one of the few and best antidotes you can have if you're not a mobile quarterback. And we don't have that right now because we don't have an offensive line that can protect that long. And we don't have quarterbacks that can extend plays to give us a chance to extend drives, extend a series, score points. It's just not there. The offensive line is not complimenting Nick Mullins, and Nick Mullins is not complimenting the offense. He's giving up the ball. He's giving up the ball as, as badly as C.J. Beathard did a couple years ago and as badly as Jimmy Garoppolo does when Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing 100%. Um, so I don't know. Brandon Ayuk, amazing player. Terrific fantasy player. Look at his stats. Twenty Over 20 points the last like six weeks with the exception of the two weeks he didn't play, which I believe are COVID-related. So this is just embarrassing to me. The defense is still playing terrific football, quality football, despite the insurmountable odds that bestow them on a weekly basis. We thought we were going to get Kawan Williams back. That didn't happen. He got set back. Hopefully he comes back this, this week. There, there is a silver lining, which we'll get to later in the show, uh, that might come uh, this week, so, some more reinforcements. But overall, just a disappointing game offensively. Uh, defensively, I really liked what I saw for the most part, but offensively, it was just, ugh. It was just, they looked sluggish. They looked flat. They were undisciplined. They look like a team that is just completely uncomfortable in their own skin right now, offensively speaking. And it's just really sad to see. You know, this we're going to have at this at this current rate, we're going to probably have we're on pace to have a, a top 10 pick in the draft, which is not where I wanted to be in 2020. I wanted to be in a revenge Super Bowl journey, and that's not what we've gotten. You know, it's really frustrating because when I look across the landscape of the NFC, 
and you look at the top tier teams in the NFC, every one of the every one of like the top from from teams one through five, I feel like any one of them can go to the Super Bowl or lose in the first round. Like, I really don't know. Like, there's not a single team. I know the Rams have, like, the number one defense right now in the league. But the Rams, they don't look to none of these teams, the Saints, the Rams, the Seahawks, none of these teams look like, to me, the runaway favorite. In, in, in AFC, you've got the Chiefs clearing above, ahead of everyone else. You got the Browns. You got the Bills. And then you got Pittsburgh, who we're not quite sure what's happening with Pittsburgh. They might be unraveling for real. Um, a lot of injuries on defense, and you're really seeing it come up right now. But you're, you've got those four teams, with the Chiefs being the clear-cut favorite. But those teams all look pretty solid. But we still believe the Chiefs are probably going to go. In the NFC, it's like they're all Browns and Bills, where you're like, well, I mean, these guys could go to the AFC NFC Championship, but they could all be done by the Wild. Any one of these guys can lose in the Wild Card or can make it to the NFC Championship, any one of these teams. There's no clear-cut favorite. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because if the San Francisco was fully healthy with everybody on this squad, I have no reason to believe that we would not be the runaway clear-cut favorite in this conference. Because what we've been able to do with so little is great. Now, let's take a look at this. You talked about a top-10 pick in the draft. I'm glad you said this. Because the only silver lining is the possibility to get one of these quarterbacks that they're looking at. And, you know, uh, obviously the 49ers have a lot of interest in Zach Wilson. I do not watch college football. But I do know that Adam Peters, are one of our VPs in the front, in the front office there, if he says, if him, John Lynch, and Shanahan say Zach Wilson is our new backup, he's the guy, then he's the guy. You know, so uh, he, you know, then then I, I, I'm with it. And a great backup, and I'd love for him to sit behind Jimmy G for a year, and then we see what's what. Um, so that, that's probably the only silver line that's going to come out of this is possibly we get our quarterback of the future. Now, Raymond, I want to go through a list with you. I'm pulling this list up. This is the list of all the free agents at the end of this season, and it's worth noting because we've heard of, Richard Sherman's been in the news a lot I think prepping his free agency tour about how he's not coming back or he's not going to be able to come back. I think he's kind of testing the Niners, but then also, you know, advertising for the rest of the league. Right. And he's going to be probably one of a dozen players gone. Yep. Trent Williams, free agent. Richard Sherman, free agent. Solomon Thomas. Jaquiski Tart. Kyle Juszczyk. Tevin Coleman. Kendrick Bourne. Kiko Alonso, Kawan Williams, Ronald Blair, Ben Garland, Kerry Hyder, Ezekiel Ansah, and that's it. How, how do you feel when you hear that list of guys that are free agents? Well, I mean, I guess Richard Sherman was embellishing because he said there was going to be like 30 or 40 guys. That's still a um, that's a big chunk of dudes. It's still a big so Trent Williams is he's going to be on a priority list to sign. Kyle Yusick is the best fullback in football. He's a pivotal cog in the Kyle Shanahan offense. I really don't see the Niners letting him go. That would be a monumental mistake in my opinion. Um, and he's due for a raise because he's been to a Pro Bowl ever since we got him. So he has lived up to his contract and surpassed expectations. So kudos to him. That's it's not every team has that luxury. Uh, Kiko Alonso, he's gone. 
he was a rental that didn't even make the team. He's not even on the roster right now, so that's an easy one. Solomon Thomas, good chance we let him go because he hasn't done much, uh, which is unfortunate because he was a number three overall pick. Uh, Kendrick Bourne might be the odd man out with the wide receivers we're going to get back next year. Who knows? You know, there's no guarantee Jalen Hurd's going to be healthy. Mm, I even forgot we had Jalen Hurd until yeah, you Trent, said it. I completely Trent forgot Taylor, Jalen Hurd. Trent Taylor's been injured. He hasn't been himself. Hopefully he if, overcomes the back injury and is able to kind of, you know, resemble what we saw in flashes in his rookie season before he hurt his back. So I, uh, uh, Kendrick Bourne's kind of a wild card. You know, he's, he's out of everyone has been injured. He's been one of the few constants that's been able to stay healthy. He's just not really a dynamic, outstanding ride receiver. You know, he's just a good supporting, supportive role kind of receiver. He is a, you know, he is a, he is a wide receiver three at best. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, you know, he's definitely not, he's definitely not a two, you know, he's not a John Taylor. He's not a Dwight Clark. He's just not that kind of guy. He's whatever tier below that. He's not even a Freddie Solomon. He's not that kind of guy. R.I.P. Um, Freddie Solomon. He yes. was the man. He was the man. The the number one before Rice. Uh, you know, so some of those guys got to get signed. You got to sign Kyle Juszczyk. You got to sign Trent Williams. Um, defensively, Dukowski Tart. I don't know. I mean, the, do you take your chances and just jettison him? Because he his he's got a health issue too. You know, he's he's somebody that's that's questionable to receive a raise. He might get a raise somewhere else because when he when he was marginally healthier, he helped us get to a Super Bowl last year. But he's just not a healthy guy. A Trent Balky pick, great talent, just not a healthy guy. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he left. You know who is going to leave, though, is D Ford to free up money so we can re-sign some of these guys. D Ford is absolutely on the chopping block. He will go. We've talked about this before. We've looked at the, the, the money situation with him. His health, he hasn't lived up to the deal that we made in order to get him here. So to me, it's the next logical step. We already got rid of Quan Alexander because we saw that that was some loose change that, you know, better, to, you know, there was more value in trading him than keeping him on the roster, having him play the way he was. And, you know, kudos to him. He's playing a little bit better in New Orleans. But he's also playing on a top-tier defense, so his supporting cast is a lot better. It's easy. It's a lot easier to play good when you when plays around you are good. You know, it makes your job look makes your job easier, and which then you know gets reflected in your performance. So I don't know. This is um, Kerry Hyder. He's a one-year rental. You can resign. I, I him. feel yeah. I feel like we got to resign Kerry Hyder. He said he's he's done excellent. He's probably going to end up with double-digit sacks before the end of the year is done. And best season since his rookie campaign. So you got to bring him back. You need him to complement the return of Nick Bosa. Because uh, then that'll really give us some a leg up in pass rushing ability. Especially since Eric Armstead seems to do much better when players around him are better versus carrying uh, the load. Which is what he's been doing and not doing a very good job of it. Can you imagine Hyder and Bosa yeah, and, and and Sherman, they probably can't sign Sherman. Even to me, in my opinion, it's if he plays another year at corner, he's going to get injured and he's going to force to retire. But if he goes to safety, I think he'll have, uh, you know, he'll give himself a little bit more legs. But I think he takes a big risk playing corner again, in my opinion. 
I could be wrong. Sherman has proved a lot of doubters wrong coming off of the, the two injuries that he came off of and to play as well as he did last year. Um, but I think he's ready to go to free safety, in my opinion. Um, and you keep uh, Jimmy Ward, who's already been re-signed, so we don't have to worry about him. But I think uh, if you do lose him, Jason Verrett's been outstanding this year. He had another pick this past Sunday, so I really like the effort he's made to come back and play as well as he has because when he's on, he's on. He is tight. He, his coverage ability is He's terrific. fast. He's so he's fast. Really fast. His catch Considering speed, all his leg injuries, he's still that fast? Yeah, and his ability to read the quarterback and make jumps on balls. Just imagine if we get a pass rush. He's going to have a lot more than just two picks. Uh, he'll probably make a Pro Bowl if we get some complimentary pass rush pass rushing pieces to help offset a quarterback throws and rhythms like that because his ability to read that stuff is really, really good. So that combined with Emmanuel Mosley, those would be our two starting corners next year. I mean, there's a lot to contemplate. More questions than answers right now. But, uh, you know, a lot of guys are going to be gone. This team's going to look a lot different next year. And we might not. we might be doing it without our defensive coordinator to top it off. Well, let me ask you a question. Have the last two weeks hurt Robert Salah's stock, or will it not matter? At the end of the season, he is still going to be one of the most sought-after coaches. I think the latter. He's still going to be one of the more sought-after coaches, and there's a good chance he goes because, to me, the vacancy is the two best places that he's going to go because Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn is probably out in L.A. for the Chargers, and we already know that Doug Bryan was fired in Houston, Romeo Cornell, is the interim head coach over there. Those are the two best spots for him to take over. I know people are saying Detroit because he's from there and a bunch of uh, politicians advocated for him and signed on to this letter, but that is a horrible situation. You have an aging quarterback, a lifeless defense, and just a, a lot of work to do. A front office that doesn't seem like they really have it together. Yeah, and and they're just they're just not. I mean, they they're decent at talent. I mean, they they're pretty good at wide receivers. Uh, you know, they got some good weapons over there on offense. Not so much defensively. To me, you go to Houston. You go to Houston where you've got a young premier quarterback, or you go to L.A. where you've got a young, uh, looking like a soon to be premier quarterback in Justin Herbert with Austin Eckler as your running back with the wide Keenan Allen as your wide receiver, with Joey Bosa on your defensive line. Just so many yes, take that job signs coming out of there and Houston with J.J. Watt, too, on that side. It just, to me, is a no-brainer. So that's, to me, where he ends up if he does go anywhere. And then probably Chris Kosarek gets uh, promoted to defensive coordinator, if I had to guess. Uh <laughs> Here's my crazy dream scenario that I, I pitched to Dad, uh, our unofficial, recently junior, our unofficial fourth member of the Gold Cast. I said, here, here, here's what should happen. You're going to love this, right? I haven't told you this yet. Robert Salah leaves. More power to him. Hell of a showing this last couple years. This year has been his greatest coaching effort by far. He has really come a long way. He leaves. And... Crazy John Elway gets crazier, and he fires Vic Fangio. And then Jed York and Kyle Shanahan hire Vic Fangio, and we get Vic Fangio and Kyle Shanahan on this team together. That's the hottest take of all time. That anyway. would be amazing. 
Could you oh imagine gosh. Vic and Kyle on this team? I, wh wh who the hell's going to beat that team? I'm telling you. That's a nasty, nasty. That's that's a dream. I haven't read that anywhere. Just like I would, I would love if we somehow got our hands on Dak Prescott, having him come play as our quarterback. He's the only quarterback across the league I know that is very disgruntled and and uh, is not does not have a secure position with Dallas. Uh, he is definitely the other other guy that I would I would love to grab would be Dak Prescott because of his mobility. But uh, right, and there's yeah. been no I haven't heard any rumblings of you know a possible Vic Fangio firing. I haven't either. I think they're going to give him. And it hasn't year. been a it ha it has not been successful at all. It's been back to back losing seasons. So, but it hasn't been like you know a dumpster fire in the like the Jets. But they only fire Greg Williams uh, mid season. So we'll have to see. John Elway is more of a diligent guy, meaning if he does part ways with Vic Fangio, we're not going to hear about it until the end of the season. Um, so I don't know. To me, Vic Fangio is not cut out for the head coaching gig. He's too old. His style doesn't fit the current you know, head coaching demands. Or I guess I'm not sure how to word it, but you know, he just doesn't kind of fit the the mold of, a contemporary NFL coach in today's era. He fits the he fits the mold from like 10 years ago. If he got hired 10 years ago, I think he would have been more successful, but in today's style of NFL, he's just a, a little little too old school. Well, and what I was going to say right now is that uh I hate to say this, but we're we're quickly entering an era where it's more conducive if your coach is an offensive coordinator. Uh, the the way they've hamstrung hamstrung defenses, you know, the old adage that uh, you know defenses win championships. It's not going to really be relevant anymore. Then they, the NFL has kind of done that on purpose. That's by design. And I really think that really what you want in today's NFL is a high powered, very smart offensive coordinator. You want the Brian B. Enemies of the world, because I feel like the problem with the situation with the yeah he's. He's probably gonna get a job. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he took the, if he got the Chargers job over Robert Salah. Um, so, but uh, you you really want an offensive minded coach, and I think defensive coordinators as head coaches, I think it's really it's a really hard sell for me at this day and age. You need a guy that can run that offense because where it's an offensive league, it's an offensive driven league, and that's really where your advantage is going to be. But if, you know, but if, because we don't live in a world where you can win a Super Bowl in a high powered defense and not a strong offense, that's just the rules don't allow you to do that. So. Anyways, we're getting off on a tangent here. We're kind of going on. on uh, any final thoughts, Ray, before we, we jettison on out of here? Um, just that, uh, you know, I haven't thought about that Vic Fangio scenario. I mean, he won. He was 7-9 and nine last year, and he's in danger of, you know, succumbing to that same record, if not worse. They're regressing, in my opinion. So, very well, Elway could give it up after two years. You know, the NFL's... You know the 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 joke the joke name is not for long, and that that scenario might very well be in play. Keep keep your keep your eyes and ears peeled. It's not bad, right? It's not a it's not a bad one, right? Getting getting Vic Fangio in there with Kyle Shannon to replace that Robert could Salah. work. And I know if he gets fired from the head coaching position, he would be open to he would absolutely work with Kyle Shanahan. You know he would. You know he would. 
Uh, Raymond, also, last thing, final thing, who gets your cold shower for the day? Uh, without a doubt, Nick Mullins. I mean, I didn't even have to think twice about it. You give up the ball every time we had a decent drive going. It's a no-brainer to me. Yep, same. Nick Mullins, for sure, cold shower. And not even just a cold shower. I mean an ice shower. Ice. Ice cold. And I don't mean the complimentary version like from Top Gun, like ice cold, no mistakes. He's Iceman. No, that's not Nick Mullins. You get a cold-ass shower with some ice, man. It's, it's ice. <laughs> just, it's, just, it's just ice cubes falling on him in the shower. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's it. Um, yeah, that's uh, that was my Nick Mullins impersonation for those who are listening. I was going, ah, I was getting pelted by ice. All right, folks, who gets your cold shower? Let us know in the comments. Go to youtube.com slash the gold cast and let us know who gets your cold shower. And we'll be back later on in the week to preview the our upcoming matchup against them boys, the Dallas Cowboys, a game we should win, and I'll be so effing pissed if we don't beat the Cowboys. Out of any team, we need to beat the Cowboys. Niners, when Niners Cowboys play, Niners need to win. That's just the rules on this game. This is this is a team you have to get up for, and you have to beat the Cowboys. Just historically, this is a must, and I believe we might actually come back. We'll talk about that later on, Raymond. And uh, if you want to go on, go on to Instagram.com at Instagram.com. Like, y'all don't know what Instagram is. Go to Instagram and check us out at the Goldcast. You can see clips and highlights from every episode that we produce weekly at the Goldcast. And so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is... This is the Goldcast. <laughs>